Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live, presented by Whole Foods on a championship Sunday. Rome wasn't built in a day, but as we continue to build on the road to Roland Garros, the results in Rome provide some serious foundation. Novak Djokovic, a champion for the sixth time in the capital of Italy. First time he's won without dropping a set in Rome with that. We welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weisman back alongside two-time Italian Open champion Jim Courier. And over on the big screen, we've got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick. Wow, what a day. A couple champions crowned here in Rome. 87th career title for Novak Djokovic. It's his first of the year, Andy, and he enters Roland Garros now with a whole lot of confidence. Yeah, I mean, listen, where he was six weeks ago versus where he is now, especially in that the second set tiebreaker was vintage Novak. He is able to lock down the airs maybe better than anyone I've I've seen in the history of the game. Uh, you know, playing safe, playing margins, but still moving the ball around, still getting the patterns that he wants. When the, the, when the pressure mounts, being able to get your pattern is so important, and he, he does it as well as anyone in the history. Well-deserved, and uh, I mean, he almost has to be the favorite at this point. I like the way he says almost, Andy. <laughs> Who else might be the favorite if not for Novak? Well, there's lots of questions. There's a, there's a certain foot that we have some interest in. Uh, obviously, uh, little old Ch- Chucky Alcaraz has, has come on the scene and has gotten wins against, uh, against both of them. So it is up for grabs. The crazy thing is kind of what you were alluding to, Jim. Steph Sitsipas, with the successes he's had on this clay court season, and he's been mostly brilliant uh, throughout it with the Monte Carlo win and, and the final here playing well in Madrid – like if, if I had $20 to bet, he might be fourth on my list of favorites, even though he's had this standout season and arguably been the most consistent uh, throughout the, 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 the kind of bigger sample size of it. Chucky Alcaraz, got to love that. In fact, we're going to talk about this later on TC Live because we've got the latest DraftKings odds on who is actually favored to win Roland Garros, and it might surprise you. 38th Masters 1000 title now for Novak Djokovic. He'll enter Roland Garros as the world number one. But what stood out to you today, Jim, about him being able to close it out in straight sets against Stefano Yeah, as he builds on his lead here for the Masters 1000's title, I I loved his forehand all week. I got to say, he came up against some of the bigger forehands in the semifinals with Casper Ruud. And the finals against Tsitsipas and his forehand was the best on the court in both of those days. And, and we probably give it short shrift because of how amazing his backhand is. But his forehand's the kill shot. And he was so good moving Tsitsipas into Tsitsipas's forehand corner and then being able to exploit the backhand space. Uh, so good tactics and execution. Somewhat surprisingly, he went away from that in the second set when Tsitsipas's first serve numbers started to increase a little bit of tension in, the, in a tension-free opening set, obviously, six love. I, I just love the way that Novak was able to hit reset button, save it out when, when uh, Tsitsipas was trying to send it to the third set and then play that buttoned-up tiebreak where he, it looks like he's pushing the ball, but he's really just daring his opposition to do something, do anything, and most often what they do is make mistakes. That's what happened again today. 
He is the oldest champion in the Open Era in Rome, Andy, and, and we talk about what he's been able to do over the last four tournaments. That loss in Monte Carlo to Alejandro Davidovich Fokina in three. What's the biggest growth, development you've seen from Djokovic then to now raising the trophy in Rome? Well, I think committing to the process, right? Going to Belgrade and grinding through those matches, which Jim mentioned on air, lost the first set in all four of his matches there. Body was super fatigued, but still went through those paces. That was necessary. I, I, I tweeted out after that. That was exactly the kind of week that he needed in order to make Roland Garros the priority. Madrid was was a little better than that. He played well last week, ran into old Chuckster like we talked about before. But then coming into Rome, uh, obviously Nadal taking the loss. Opportunity knocked, and listen, Novak delivered. It's so hard, and why I appreciate the big three so much is winning matches you're supposed to win all of the time is so difficult with that pressure set, and he just went through it again. Second serve was tight, was barely was barely getting him up above 70 miles an hour in that second set breaker, but went into lockdown mode. As Jim mentioned, it looks like he's pushing. He's not. He's finding the pattern that he wants to get into and does it as well as anyone. Is this prime Djokovic right now, Jim? Is, is he in all of his powers now? I mean, I, I think we need to wait and see if he gets pushed deep into a fifth set to see if the – that's my only question. It's not game right now. His game is where it needs to be. It's everything you'd, you'd want it to be if you're a Djokovic fan, which I am. We still wonder, because of the problems he had early in this clay court season with his, with his lungs, could he actually last in long matches? He did not get tested this week. We saw him play well against Alcaraz in over three and a half hours in Madrid. Didn't look like he was flagging on energy. So maybe that already has answered the question, but I think he's built up what he needs to to believe in himself uh, going into Roland Garros. He gets another sort of probably a couple days off now and then, then start to slowly build towards the opening round. I think he's perfectly primed, and he, he's erased the questions that are now all of a sudden firmly in front of Rafa Nadal. First guy to win Rome without dropping a set in six years. So didn't need to get tested in a deep three-set match. Meantime, on the women's side, same deal when Iga Sviantek reaches a final. We had the unstoppable force take on the immovable object. Two double-digit streaks on the line. Iga Sviantek, that historic 27-match win streak. And Aljabur, who's won 11 in a row. Sviantek, most wins on tour this year. Jabur, the most on clay. So let's get to it. Two titanic forces Going head-to-head, fourth meeting between these two. Sviantek, your defending champion, Andy, and barely loses games when she reaches a final. Yeah, and it's so depressing if you're on the other side of it right now because you can lose points in so many different ways. She obviously has the knockout power on both sides, but then able to hit that topspin lob with a deft touch there and open up the court with that forehand. She can go cross-court or down the line. You almost have to pick your poison there. And one of the big questions was, how is Jabor going to force herself on these points? Was she going to be able to get away with the drop shots? Look at Spiatek's movement. She could have played that up the line, pulled her cross-court at the last second. So if Jabor, you know, can't go through her, can't go short and mix in the drop shots, I'm not sure what the other options are. But credit to Jabor for really staying in there and pushing her in the second set, making Spiatek work. Uh, for this win as opposed to kind of just rolling over. She's been the comeback queen her last couple of matches and credit for fighting until the end. But Sviatek just so tough. These are the kind of points you have to play perfect points against her to open up the court to actually win them. That is a lot of pressure, especially over a larger sample size of not just a couple of games, but two full sets. Sviatek holding from Love 40 there uh, was was absolutely massive. You see Jabor trying to mix it up, come in. But that movement there from Sviatek does not get enough credit, able to open up the court, deliver the back up the line. She's moving well. She's hitting with uh, 
huge pace on both sides, different ball flights on both sides, running down drop shots, beating people at their own games, at her game. I just don't know where to go and what to do to kind of break through against Fiatek right now. And I don't know that the rest of the, the WTA Tour uh, does either, but so focused. And you can see how much these wins still mean to her. You know that she is on a roll right now, but the emotion that pours out of her, uh, it's nice to see someone who has made winning look routine, but still is so thankful and so full of gratitude and uh, the obligatory Anstubur hug at the end. She's won 16 straight sets in finals, her fifth title of the season. Let's hear from Iga. Proud of myself. Um, you know, at the beginning of the tournament, I didn't know that it's uh, going to be possible to keep up with the streak and with all the wins. So I'm pretty happy that... Um, I did it really step by step, and I just focused on the right things because I think it, it led to all the all the success this week. And uh, yeah, for sh for sure, it was a long path for me since the beginning. But uh, I'm really proud of myself and my team. Well, she should be proud. Take a look at this. Iga Swiatek now enters Roland Garros on a 28-match winning streak. That's the fourth longest since 2000. A title in Paris will get her to 35 in a row to tie Venus for the longest streak this century. Will it ever end? Well, Sviantek, now the fourth player in the 2000s, Jim, to win five or more consecutive tournaments. Take a look at that. Incredible, yeah. Those are all Hall of Famers you're, you're joining, Iga, and you're probably heading there as well. What a run she is on. Confidence is king. She is full of confidence now. How can this possibly stop it? Roland Garros, Clay is her best surface. She's playing her best tennis. She's got more confidence than ever. There's an aura about her player. I mean, this is sort of ridiculous. Like, the amount of bagels she's throwing down on opponents. Two and two from Jabur, who's playing the, the, the tennis of her life. So, you know, this is some dominant stuff. Let's sit back. Let's enjoy it. Let's see how she manages the expectations at Roland Garros, which is a level up, but it's not a level of degree difficulty higher because it's still best of three. It's a short sample size. She can go rip through people, no problem. Andy, Jim talks about the dominance. She is losing an average of less than two games a set Crazy. in her last eight finals. Put that in perspective, bringing her very best in the biggest moments. Well, I mean, going through Sabalenka 2-1, and one, going through Jabour in the final 2-2, two and two, these are great players that uh, she is making look ordinary by virtue of what is what, what she's able to do. Now, the only thing you got to kind of look for at Roland Garros, I, I remember thinking she was going to cruise to the title. Last year played a little bit of a nervous match against Sakari, but she is a different player. She has more variety. She can play different types of game. She didn't have this kind of gear of all-out aggression uh, last year. She wasn't mixing in the drop shots. So uh, she's a better player than the, 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 the player that I thought was going to roll through Roland Garris last year. She might even be like nerve proof right now because she's playing so well. I don't know, but I, I just don't see anyone stopping her at Roland Garros. How, how do you do that? I mean, go through a final like that without dropping sets and barely games. Confidence. It's, it's all about confidence. The way that she's able to, to automatically make the right decisions because it just sort of feels all natural. It's what players talk about and athletes talk about when they're in the zone. Things feel like they're moving in slow motion for them. Everything is automatic and there's very little brain activity. You're just sort of reacting, seeing, but everything's coming out the right way. And it seems like it's never going to end. I had not, not this type of a streak, but one good streak in my career. And then it comes crashing, and then you're back to the drawing board again. So enjoy <laughs> it while you got it, Iga. It's a magic moment. I'm sure Andy can tell us stories about that as well. 
God, not 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 as many as you, Jim. I, I think your little moment in time was actually like three years. But um, some of us have to settle for like a month or two sometimes. And she's got confidence in bottle. It's those little things like you're making every first serve return. You're getting the patterns you want consistently. You know that you can open up the shoulders on the forehand side. You can pin people into the backhand corner on the backhand side. It, it's not even a matter of if you're going to play well. It's you know you're going to play well, and you're going to have to make someone uh, play extraordinary to even have a shot a, against you. I had that for maybe two months of my entire career. She's got it in 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 spades right now. I mean, she is she is just in total control of all all aspects of her game. Iga Swiatek absolutely in the zone right now, entering Roland Garros on a 28 match winning streak. But one weekend's another rolls on. The tennis continues and. We are over in Geneva. Tommy Paul, just one win on the European clay in three events. Looking to find a little confidence, Jim, against Talon Greekspor. Yeah, Greekspor, a player you may not know much about, but he's talented and he's tough. And he was able to get the first set against Tommy, who would battle back. You see, Tommy's got a little sleeve on the arm, probably not feeling exactly right, but he would get it to a third set. And then Greekspor, again, able to strike, get the break, and eventually Greekspor, the all-quarter, Able to finish at the net there. That gets him the match point. And uh, Tommy would hold. This is my first time seeing this highlight, so bear with me. But Freaks for able to get it done, holding out. So for Tommy, look, first things first, make sure your arm's okay. But he's good on the clay. He's a lot better than he's shown this season so far. Well, take a look at this. Some big names coming up this week right before Roland Garros. you got Medvedev and Rude in Geneva, Nori Monfils in Lyon, former Roland Garros champion Garbina Muguruza is playing in Rabat, and Karolina Pliskova is in Strasbourg. So, Andy, what is your reaction to so many top players taking the court just one week before a major? Well, the circumstances are different for, for different players. Most of that list... Uh, maybe with the exception of of, of, of of Cam Nori, most of that list is looking for form, is looking for matches. Either they've been losing early in, in, in tournaments, they've been missing tournaments, uh, skipping tournaments. I'm a little uh, surprised to see Casper Ruud uh, still in that conversation based on a semifinal showing. He has to feel good about his game. He kind of turned the, the clay court season around a little bit in Rome. Uh, now, would you want to go and play four or five matches right before Roland Garros? I don't know his call. That's the only real surprising name on that list uh, from what I can see. All right, our coverage continues. 5 a.m. Eastern, Monday, right here. Road to Roland Garros just one week before we go to Paris. And when we get there, all eyes on the teenage sensation. Carlos Alcaraz has never even reached the fourth round in Paris. But could he be this year's favorite to win it all? We're talking about it. TC Live is presented by Whole Foods Market. Nurture your nature by the basket and the cart. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And this could be the year of Carlos Alcaraz. The Spanish teenager became the youngest to ever win a 500 event in Rio. Then he was the youngest to win in Miami. Then a title in Barcelona broke him into the world's top 10. And the first ever to beat Djokovic and Nadal back-to-back on clay got him the title in Madrid. 
And everyone believing he is the man to beat at Roland Garros. Can you believe this? The latest DraftKings odds. Carlitos is your betting favorite ahead of defending champion in world number one, Novak Djokovic. Ahead of 13-time winner and the greatest clay court player of all time, Rafa Nadal. Andy, I ask you, is this blasphemy or does it beget the truth? What I would ask is, is this before uh, Novak's win today in Rome? I'm guessing it is, uh, which is which is fair. But listen, he's in that conversation. I don't, I don't know that the top three favorites, obviously pending Rafa's foot health, but the top three favorites are, are, are kind of, he's earned his way into that conversation. He's been consistently great, even on the hard courts of Miami, to transition over the clay with titles in Barcelona, taking out Rafa and Novak in Madrid, and the way that he does it, it's all out aggression. He can actually impose his his game on these guys like maybe nobody in the world can right now. So he can go out and, and, and punch him in the mouth where a lot of guys kind of need an off day from Rafa or Novak. I don't know that he does at this point. His ceiling is there. I mean, just look at the way this kid moves in the tie with Rafa hitting a little bender. How about a little taste of your own medicine against your idol for the win? He's in that conversation being the clear-cut favorite. I'm not sure, but he definitely deserves to be right up there. I would have him as the co-favorite with Novak at the moment. Obviously, the, the ankle for him was a problem that kept him out of Rome. That should be fine now. He rolled it against Rafa, was able to still finish that tournament. I would think it was a, a wise move for him to get a little bit of rest, given that he said that he had some problems with that ankle and his foot on the back end of Madrid. So he should be rested. He should be ready. The biggest question in the men's draw is clearly going to be Nadal's foot. How is that going to impact him? It's certainly troublesome that we saw him have trouble with it in best of three set tennis in Rome. Uh, I worry about that. You know, it's funny. Nadal's been able to manage his foot, Steve and Andy, for the most part of his career. He said that the problem really got more acute after he was forced off of the court during COVID, where he wasn't allowed to access tennis courts because of their, their lockdowns in Spain. And he said the rest of his body recovered and felt good, but his foot has been more problematic since. And it seemed to be fine in the beginning of this year for the most part. And then he hurts his rib against Alcaraz. No doubt that kept him off the court for a while. Is that a coincidence that, again, more time off the court, his foot doesn't like that? It's objects in motion, needs to stay in motion kind of a situation. Let's hope that he can get in motion here for Paris, get on a roll, and not that, let that be a part of the story. Win or lose, let's let him have a fair shot at number 14 because, man, with Alcaraz in the mix, it's already tasty enough. With, <laughs> I mean, first of all, Novak's trying to get to 21 to match Rafa, so that's all the story you need. But now you bring in Alcaraz. This is going to be really fun. Uh, Rafa says he will have his doctor with him in Paris, so hopefully that helps him a little bit more as well. Yeah. Andy, Jim says the co-favorites, Alcaraz and Djokovic. But trans- transitioning from best of three to best of five, for Alcaraz, does that make it any different for you? Yeah, he's one of the, the, the rare, uh, I don't want to say kids, but men his age, that you don't really question their, their ability in the best of five. Now, maybe uh, we're victims of the moment. Obviously, at the U.S. Open last year, after playing some long matches, his body gave out a little bit. When he showed up in Australia this year, Steve, the first photos you see where all of a sudden he's gone to the Rafa Nadal School of Biceps and comes in just like Jackie, he, he completely transformed his body uh, in the offseason. And that's credit to Juan Carlos Ferreira, who knows what it takes to go best of five, to win at Roland Garros. You need your body there. I, I don't question uh, his body over the three out of five sets. Even with that small of a sample size, I think the back-to-back match wins 
against Novak and Rafa, where, you know, one was three and a half and one was 250 in Madrid back-to-back days is a big, big deal. Oh, by the way, on the, the back end of those wins, he goes out and beats Verev three and one uh, for the, the trifecta in three days. So I think he has the body for it where it's less of a conversation than it would be with someone else who was unproven in that length of match. Yeah, he became a man this year. In January, you're like, oh, okay. Hello, Car- Carlitos. Uh, wow. Listen, but if he lost early, he's 19. Would it surprise me? No. If he won the whole thing, would it surprise me? No. That said. If, it, if he lost early, it, it would surprise you? Or no, it would, would not because he's oh. 19 years old and he's never been past me. the third I, I round. Could, I could not disagree more. Okay. I would be absolutely gobsmacked if he lost early in this tournament. Best of five. He's now one of the best players in the world. That gives him more time to problem solve if he has a problem. Last year in his debut, at Roland Garros, he won five matches. It only got him to the third round because he had to win three in qualifying, but he lost to a guy who's pretty good on the clay with a big serve, Jan Lennard Struff. I don't think that uh, Struff can get him this year, but he's got that type Mm of nuisance game on the clay that can bother players who like to have more time. I still think he'd manage him, but I would be absolutely astounded if Alcaraz loses before the quarterfinals at Roland Garros. Shocked. Would you be surprised if Rafa did the same? No, because of his body. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We're looking forward to it. I mean, I, I think it's probably one of the most highly anticipated Roland Garros in a long time. Yeah. Because we've Shantek, got a teenager. Because Shantek's going to win. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> Listen, I, that's not a guarantee either. We've had six Nothing's first-time winners. guaranteed, Steve. Come on. That's what makes sport fun. Yes. Gosh. We love it. A lot more to get to here, including the best of the best. Jim and Andy are going to take you through the hottest of the hot from a week in Rome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Novak Djokovic, the ruler in Rome yet again. Sixth time he's been able to kiss that trophy. The oldest champion in Rome in the open era. First title of the season for the world number one entering Roland Garros. But this, not the only trophy handed out in Rome today. Our favorite twins in action. John Isner, Diego Schwartzman, doubles final against the defending champs Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic, Andy. Yeah, and this one was a tale of two teams. Mektic Pavic obviously all over the net, and Schwartzman doing Schwartzman things. Big forehand going at someone. Not scared to just try to hit winners and force errors. Ugly forehand there, but is Isnerman still alive? Forces the third set breaker where they've been successful uh, this whole week. And you see Schwartzman on that ad side hitting returns with clutch the entire time. Had another look for the whole thing here. Thought he pulled it off and just missed it. He said, Della Della bit. Oh, wait a minute. I missed it. <laughs> you see, they tried to hold it up here. Schwartzman serving to stay in the match. Wasn't to be the biggest upset in tennis history, maybe, as John Isner losing in doubles for the first time in a couple of months. Well done to Mektic and Pavic. It was fun watching Team Isnerman uh, go about it. And Steve, they'll always have Rome. <laughs> yes, they will. I-, I hope they team up yet again. Congratulations 
two, Mekdic and Pavic, back-to-back champs. But how about Isner doubling down on the double score, more than doubling his total earnings this year? Those 23 wins, Jim, third most on tour. Yeah, no, he, he is a quality doubles player. Not bad at singles either. A little bit of a sluggish start for him, but picking up that diaper money in the doubles ledger repeatedly. Now, question marks, will he play doubles in the majors? He's never really done that. I'd like to see that. Come on, John. Gucci diapers. Speaking of diapers, how about Alina Svitolina? Hasn't played since Miami. Now we know why. Congratulations to Alina and Gal Malfis. Announced they are expecting a baby girl in October. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, and this is this is this is great to see. Obviously, with everything going on in the Ukraine, and Alina has talked about how that has affected her mentally. So, uh, you know, silver linings. Uh, I'm so happy for them. They have a lot to look forward to uh, this October. And uh, you know, if Isner can spare a couple of those diapers that he's been winning in doubles, it, it just seems like a like a nice trade-off. It's uh, all, all working together. Yeah, we couldn't be happier for them. Easy. Great, great couple. It's going to be great to see. Uh, that next chapter for them. Hopefully there's a little bit more tennis left for both of them. We know Gael continues to play. We'll see if Alina wants to make the the return to tour. There have been some good moms on tour. Serena, Kim Kleisters, you could be one of them. Lindsay Davenport, uh, Uh many have done it. So uh, we shall see. Congratulations to Gems Life. And how about this? 18 straight years, either Novak Djokovic or Rafa Nadal has been in the final in Rome. Insane. How's this even possible that, that there's this level of dominance that these guys are in there often against each other for 18 years? That's about three generations of tennis players cycling through typically. That is just absurd. And does it stop? I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. They could add it to 20. No problem. I could see that that being the number. But this has been fun to watch. We're lucky as fans for sure. It, 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 these numbers that we say every single day that these guys kind of hunt down and accomplish, they don't make sense. They've never made sense to me. You can say them as many times as you want. They still won't make sense. Uh, what they do is absolutely insane. It's just another insane stat. It almost like makes it seem like they're playing video games. You know when you get really good at something when you're like nine years old? But they do it in real life. It's not fair. 18 times to the final and then 16 times with the trophy. Only two other humans have raised the trophy over the past two decades there. It's incredible. Uh, The NCAA tennis tournament down to the Elite Eight. Take a look at this. Baylor taking out Stanford to punch their ticket to Champaign, Illinois. Andy, it's all chalk when it comes down to the final eight on the men's and women's side at the NCAA tennis championships. Looking forward to this. Next Tuesday, we've got the quarterfinals. Yeah, and I, I've actually been lucky enough to be uh, at Baylor before. I, unfortunately, my, my brother's team, he was at Oklahoma at the time, lost in the final there. So someone's going to make a better memory than maybe what our family experienced uh, a couple times at Baylor. But the atmosphere is great. The, the feeling of these guys playing for each other is not something that we see on the ATP Tour all the time. So tennis comes in many forms. And, uh, you know, the, the, a victory in college tennis is, is, is sweet. College tennis is so exciting. There's so much energy uh, amongst the players. Matches going on across all the different courts at the same time. Huge swings and also a chance to see some future ATP and WTA players because it's become much more of what it used to be way back in the day. It is a pipeline for these players. The top college players are almost always these days getting a good crack at breaking into the top 100. So uh, check them out when they're on their way up. Take a look at the brackets and uh, we've got the defending champions Florida there. Two seeds will take on Virginia. Looking forward to that Michigan-Ohio State matchup. TCU. 
the one seed on the men's side this year. Yeah, it's a good effort. Ty Tucker at Ohio State. Mile is the best 12 and under of my age group. Used to dominate Agassi and all of us. And he's done an amazing job coaching Ohio State. They'll take on Michigan. This is uh, all chalk. I mean, that cannot happen too often to see all top eight seeds in there. Same thing on the women's side. All top eight seeds. You're defending champions from Texas. The four seed will take on Emma Navarro and Virginia at the five seed. And then North Carolina. Pepperdine's got a great squad, Andy. And Oklahoma's your two seed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to see kind of the, the seeds work out this way. As Jim said, it never works out that way at all. And to have it happen on both the, the men's and women's side. And the thing that's great about, about college sports in general is you automatically start looking for the rivalries. You're like, okay, UNC up top, Duke on the bottom, Oklahoma, Texas. Let's get it on. Let's roll. All right, looking forward to the NCAA championships. And when we come back, more TC Live presented by Whole Foods. You've been waiting for it best of the best from the entire week there in Rome. Courier Roddick Weissman back on TC Live with our Whole Foods Tournament Summary. Igish Fiantek keeps the streak alive. Five straight titles, 28 straight wins heading into Roland Garros, Novak Djokovic. The world number one heads into Paris with his sixth title in Rome and Team Isnerman Finally falls. John Isner, Diego Schwartzman going down in the doubles final to Mektic and Pavic. Time now for our very best of the best from the week. Andy, you've got the odds. Jim will take on the evens. And we start at number five, Novak Djokovic, Kasparud semifinals, Andy. Yeah, first of all, that's a silly angle. These guys sliding with these open stance backhands and being able to flatten it out on the full stretch, Steve. Uh, watch this in slow-mo. The slide is one thing. Being able to flatten that out, put it back towards Rude, that's just a silly shot. I, I hope people realize how unbelievable that actually is. And he does it all the time. And number four, Ongebor versus Iga Sviantek. If we're showing you this, hopefully it's something good from Ons. It's definitely going to be with finesse. What a sm- smoking angle. And then she follows it in. She knows her geometry pretty well. She'll make a good math teacher. Carves that one up. Closes. And finishes. Not much to cheer for for Owens today, but this highlight, hopefully, a little aloe for the burn. The Madrid champion. <laughs> she will have plenty of confidence heading into Roland Garros. And then this was a good one. The two lefties, Andy Nadal, Shapovalov. I mean, Nadal almost took out someone's snack in the first row with that swing. You said, <laughs> I don't know. I'm mean, to fire that. How strong, how good is your right hand on this one to kind of make it back? We've seen him pull that one cross court on passing shots uh, forever now, but typical Rafa there. Unreal. And just like with Jabor, you know, a drop shot's coming. What about Novak in movement? It's got to be crazy movement, right? Yes, there he is. Anticipation. And this is really where it all started to go right for Novak. He had lost his prior match in the semis of Madrid to Alcaraz. This is opening match against Karatsev, who's not had the best season thus far, but he's still dangerous. He still can punch like crazy. Djokovic moving as well as ever. Djokovic finished on top overall, but not in the best of the best, Andy. How about Felix Ojealiasin? Yeah, we're just expecting. Gets a late start on it, but makes up the ground. I'm amazed his groin is still intact <laughs> after that one. I mean, you see him put on the afterburners here after a slow start. 
Everyone watching should go shower immediately. That was filthy. We're all dirty. It's gross. I think it falls down and still makes the shot. Oh, by the way, a full stretch, and I might as well hit a winner. Look at me. I'm the best. <laughs> what a week. Yeah. What a, what a run-up to Roland Garros. Yeah. It's been amazing. Our coverage continues. It doesn't stop on Tennis Channel. We are your home every single week of the season, Monday, 5 a.m. Eastern. How about Dominic Team, Two-time Roland Garros finalist, Jim. We didn't see him in the DraftKings odds favorites no. to win, but no. Getting in some more work. Yeah, trying to get his first win in a long time against Cecchinato, who, reminder, beat Djokovic at Roland Garros a few years back. That's not an easy one. How about Songa in his swan song building towards it, right, Roland Garros? I think is his walk-off against the talented Slovakian Alex Malkan. We got some great Kostiak playing. There's a lot of good stuff, Steve. It never, it never stops. It doesn't. Not until sometime in December. Yeah. <laughs> then it, like, pauses. It pauses. never stops. Just there you go. Like a, a slight pause. Are I- we going to stop? No. Andy, your final thoughts on no. this week in Rome. I don't know, just hearing you guys talk, it sounded like a Puff Daddy remix. I can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> hashtag B-I-G forever. That's your final thought. Okay. okay. How about you, thought. Jim? I mean, that's it. My final thought is we, I wanted to wait like everybody should to, to see what happened in Madrid and Rome to kind of see the, the field. Shvantec is just solidified that she's the runaway favorite in the men's game. Djokovic is back. That's great news. Alcaraz is real. That's great news. The only bad news that I'm seeing right now is Nadal's foot. And I will send him the best. Hope that he's healthy. Hope his doc can bring the magic potion. And he'll be ready to go. Because Roland Garros, here we come. Tennis Channel is on the way. TC Lab preview show, May 21st from the grounds in Paris. Jim, I will see you there. Andy, I will see you sometime in life, I hope. (laughs) It's been a great week of tennis. Novak Djokovic kissing the trophy in Rome. That is all for TC Live presented by Whole Foods. But as always, our coverage continues. We've got encores of the finals right here on Tennis Channel.